Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. It's on the, it's on the news, the mainstream media today. They are, they're looking for a world leader. This is perfect. Then you've got, did you guys see this? Biden signs a cryptocurrency ex- executive order looking to develop digital dollars and crack down on national security threats. So we've been talking about this through the book of Revelation, Revelation 13. They'll, they'll take a mark on the right hand or their forehead to buy or sell. We will have a cashless society. So we see that taking place in the, in the news today. And then what do you have here? Saki says, not teaching five-year-olds about gender identity is a form of bullying. This is what happens when you take the Bible out of society. You take the Bible out of school. You take prayer out of school. You take the Bible out of the, the, the society. And this is what we get because anything's right in people's eyes and they just don't know. They're confused. So we see that today and then, but Biden has the answers. He says he's requesting $2.6 billion, with a B for Congress to fund global gender equity programs. And that's what happens again without Christ, without the Bible. But we know that things will happen like this in the last days. And then you've got this whole, we don't have time to get into all this. Maybe Tuesday we'll talk a little bit more about this. But it says the list of uh, the Ukrainian biolab documents reportedly removed from U.S. Embassy. I thought they didn't have a biolab. Oh, that's right. That was, that was a couple weeks ago. They didn't have the biolab. But now they do have a biolab. But they're not for weapons. They're for experiments. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. Exactly. It's like, really? It's like, guys, listen, you can't check. The fact checks again. I've said this before. It's like, who do you go to? I've said this before, but this is my fact check right here. That's it. We just look to the Bible. Because deception will increase, lying and deception, lawlessness will increase. And we're, we're in the midst of all this taking place right now. And then you've got this. Do you guys see this? Iran. Iran, the ones that we're negotiating with right now, the ones that we want to buy oil from, the ones that we want to do a deal with still after this, Iran hits U.S. consulate site in Erbil, uh, Iraq, with a dozen ballistic missiles. After this, they're still talking. They still want to make a deal with these guys. You can't make this stuff up. But let's end this one with this. This is great news. Pro-life movement gets big win. Texas Supreme Court rules against abortion providers. So this is huge. This ends because of this bill, thousands of babies are being saved. So thank you, Lord, for what they're doing. Let's go back into our text. So we have the book of life. Now we have the water of life. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I don't think we can fully understand what this means. You have this pure river, meaning there's no impurities. The water we have, there's impurities, not this water. It'll be clear as crystal, and it's, 
It's going to come from the throne of God. It's going to somehow proceed from the throne of God. It's going to come from the throne of the Lamb. And so this water to refresh. And just if you think through this, the best we know here on this earth, we, we need water to sustain life, right? And so somehow this water is going to s- sustain us and it's going to be refreshing and all. Again, I don't, I don't think we can figure out, you know, we can probably can't even put words to what this is really like. I believe it could be uh, spiritual even, because the Bible refers to living waters as the Holy Spirit, possibly because you've got the throne of the Father, the throne of the Son, and then you've got the Holy Spirit coming forth out from the throne, possibly, you're speculating, we don't know. We can't survive without water. They say three to five days without water, you won't survive. 60 to 70% of our body is made up of water. The earth is covered with approximately 70% of water. But this water's different. This is water of life. It brings life. So we're going to partake of this. And I, again, we're going to have glorified bodies, but we're going to partake of this water. And just for, I just, you know, my brain, I was thinking of, you know, water, and I just typed in the most expensive water in the world. And then I, I, I was totally shocked, so I thought I'd share this. So for 2000, uh, this year, 2020, so you can go to Japan and get a, a bottle of water. It's... Uh, this Philico uh, jewelry water for just $1,390 a liter. That's one bottle. Or this one from Germany, $1,180. Is this crazy? Then you got out of California, you got Bling H2O, which uh, has a fancy bottle, so you can pay $200 and $219. So just crazy. So there's just a list. But then I wanted to see like the most expensive water in the world. So uh, I came up Beverly Hills 90H2O Diamond Edition. (laughs) Is that crazy? Just $100,000. But they say it's a pretty good deal because you get one year supply of water. So if you buy this and it's, and so the cap has like diamonds and all that kind of stuff. So that wasn't the winner because that gives you a year supply of water. But this one for $99,000, you get just one single bottle of water because it's 24 karat gold. It's just crazy. Just that... And literally, 1.1 billion people on the earth lack access to safe water. And we need it for life. But yet people market it this way. This crystal, clear as crystal water, this river that we'll be partaking of. I think about during the millennial kingdom. We're we're told in the millennial kingdom, uh, Zechariah 14, that when Jesus comes back for the millennial kingdom, the second coming, He's going to put his foot upon the Mount of Olives. The the mountain will split. One half will go to the south, one half will go to the north. And then water will proceed from Jerusalem, from the temple, the new temple. Water's going to proceed down. And as the water proceeds down, half of it's going to go to the Mediterranean Sea, half of it's going to go to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea will no longer be dead. It'll come alive. And we're told in Scripture, Ezekiel tells us that Ezekiel 47, 9, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, whatever the, wherever the, the river goes, will, can we say that together? Will live. I mean, if, for example, there might be like a dead ant there laying on the ground and the water touches, and we go, she's going to just come alive. Everything this water touches will bring life to it. There will be a very great uh, multitude of fish because these waters because these waters go there and they will be healed, healed and everything will, can we say that again together, please? Everything will live wherever the river goes. This is the millennial kingdom. And I believe this is like a foretaste of the one that we'll experience up in heaven. 
This is living water. Life-giving water will proceed from the throne of God. For application, I, I just want to say, do we, do we realize that God provides living waters for us? And the scripture talks about living waters, and it's referring to the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit enters us, it brings life to the deadness that's in our lives. Because of sin, there's deadness. Ephesians tells us, and Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says that you he made alive who were once what? Dead in trespasses and sins. He, so this, this water, this Holy Spirit, when he enters our lives, he, he changes, he brings life to deadness. And wherever we go, the Bible wants to use us, that, the, that God's Spirit is working through our lives, it's touching other people's lives. And I pray we know that, that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit lives in us. And God came, Jesus, God the Son came to seek and to save those who were lost. And he wants to flow out of our lives. He wants people to see that, that we have a spiritual need. And, and so many people, that they have this spiritual need, but they're trying to fill it with, with physical things or emotional things. And guess what? They're going to come up empty. When I was working in Michigan, in Westland, we had a project, changed out all the water meters and there was a Greek restaurant there that I, I loved so much, I went there literally every day. And it's, I think the project was two years. So just about every, every day for two years, I went to this place. And so I was eating lunch one day, and there was a new waitress, and she comes up to me. And I, I had my Bible there because I was a, a youth minister at the time. So I'm just studying, preparing. And she literally comes up, and she's got the silverware, and she looks at and she like backed up. She goes, why are you reading that? And I go, what? And I'm like, you know, like the Bible. She's like, like, she's like afraid of it. And I was like, I said, the Bible? She goes, yeah. She goes, why would you read that? I says, because I love it. It's actually good. And she goes, really? And I go, yeah, it, it really is. And so she went to the back and she you know, gave her my order. And when she brought my order back, she put my plate there down. And next to my plate, there was a note. And I read the note. She says, I'm an addict. I'm a drug addict. Can you help me? And I didn't want to get her in any trouble. I knew she just started working this place. So I just wrote her a note back. I says, no, I cannot help you. But I know someone that can. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and I simply wrote out how to accept Christ as your Savior. And I gave her the note back. And I was there the next day. And I says, well, I said, you get my note? She says, yeah. And I said that prayer. And I says, awesome. So I ministered to her for months and just poured into her and she had questions, the Bible, and just spend time ministering to this young lady. A few months later, one time when I came in, she came up to my table. She goes, I need to tell you something. She's like all, she goes, I got to tell you this. She said, I've been meaning to tell you this. I go, what? She goes, you know, I was a user. And I, or she said, I'm a user. I said, you were a user. She goes, yeah, I was a user. And I said, yeah. And she says, well, every time I was tempted, I'd go to the kitchen and grab my purse and I wanted to use. And I Grab my purse. She goes, every single time, I'm just telling you her story. She goes, every single time when I went to go to the restroom to use, she says, you would walk in and I'd have to look at you. And I says, I come in at all different times. She goes, I know that's the freaky thing about this. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, no, it's nothing to do with me. I said, that's God's love for you. He wants to show you how current he is, how much he loves you. He even alters my schedule to make sure I'm in right at that time because he loves you so much. 
And here, the Holy Spirit just moving. Sometimes we don't even realize when the Holy Spirit's just moving in people's lives. He's, he's working through us, and sometimes we'll never even know. But understand the fact, if you're a blood-bought saint to the living God, his Holy Spirit lives in us, and he wants to flow out of our lives. He wants to change people that are dead because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Everybody does. And they need hope, and it only can be filled. That spiritual need they have can only be filled with Jesus Christ. Another time, the same project, I remember sitting in my office, and there was a laundromat that was like three doors away. And one day, the lady from the laundromat came in, and she said, she goes, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I met her for the first time. She goes, can you please do me a favor? I go, what? She goes, she goes I'm alone in the laundromat. She says, there's this real creepy guy in there. She goes, I don't feel comfortable being alone. She goes, would you mind just sitting in there? She says, I really feel weird with this guy. And I said, yeah, no problem. So I walked in. This guy was creepy. I mean, this guy was like, I mean, I looked at him and I was like, whoa. He was like, wow. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just like. <laughs> so as I, right off the bat, I just felt the Lord strongly prompt me, share the gospel with her. And usually I, you know, I was like, Lord, I'd like to you know, get to know her a little bit, talk. And I was like, you're just like, share the gospel with her. And so, you know, so I just said, hey, you know what? I don't usually come out this strong right off. I said, but do you, I said, do you know that you're a sinner and you need Christ? I just shared the gospel just right off the bat. And she's looking at me and she starts crying. And I said, wow. I said, do you, would you like to pray right now and accept Christ as your savior? She says, yeah. And she's got tears in her eyes. And, and so I grabbed her hand and she prayed and prayed to accept Christ. And she goes, she goes, I need to tell you this. She goes, this morning, I prayed, and I said, God, I need help. Please send me an angel. Send me something. I need help, God. And she says, you're my angel. I said, well, wait a second. I'm not an angel. I said, but angel means messenger, and I am a messenger, and God loves you. And you just, as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, God wants to reach the people in our lives. And he wants to bring life to those that are dead, those dead areas in your life personally. He wants to change it, and he can change it. Don't think that you've got this mindset, I'm going to change it, I'm going to just, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm going to stop that. I'm going to do and, you, and you think that you can change it on your own. Can I give you some advice spiritually? Let the Lord do it. Turn to him. Ask him for the empowerment of his spirit in your life to bring life to those dead areas in your life that he wants to change. He's able, amen? Jesus, in John 7, 37, it says, on the last day, that's the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. You might know this already, but from someone here that doesn't know this, the Feast of Tabernacles was eight days, the first seven days. The priests would go down to the pool of Siloam. They would fill up their jugs. They would put their jugs on their shoulders. They'd walk up to the temple, and they would, they would pour out the water on the pavement. And as they were pouring out the water on the pavement, they were reminded of their forefathers that were in the wilderness for 40, 40, uh, 40 years. <laughs> Thank you. And they were reminded that they had water that came out of that rock. And the, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that that water, excuse me, that rock is Christ. So as they're pouring this water out, they're reminded that they were given supernatural water in the wilderness. And so they were remembering that. On the eighth day, they wouldn't pour the water out. That's the last day. On that day, Jesus cried out and said, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? 
And if you're not sure what he's speaking about, it makes it very clear in the next verse. But this he spoke concerning the what? The Holy Spirit. And how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Whom it says those who believe in him that would receive. The Holy Spirit. Living waters, living in our lives. The Holy Spirit working. And again, people all around us have a spiritual thirst. But they're trying to fill it with physical things, emotional things. It's not going to work. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you realize you have a spiritual thirst. And Jesus says, come to me. Believe in him. Receive him. He'll fill that. He'll fulfill that area in your life spiritually. Only he can do that. Amen? Last verse we'll look at. In the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruit, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the, can we say that together? Healing of the nations. So not only are we going to have this water this river, but we're going to have a tree. I believe that it'll be multiple trees. It's the tree of life, but I believe there'll be more than one. It's called the tree of life because it says on either side of the river, there's the tree. Maybe that's some say that maybe because that's the branches are hang over to the other side. Maybe that means the either side, possibly. I'm not dogmatic. We don't know. But we know that there's going to be these, these fruit that we can eat, the 12 you know, different types of fruit that we'll be able to partake of. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, do you remember that there was a tree of life there? But after Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were not allowed to go and eat from that tree anymore, the tree of life. Because it says, that, I'll read it to you, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man, man has become like us to know good and evil, because of the, the tree that they ate of, the, the knowledge of good and evil. And now lest they put, excuse me, lest he puts out his hand and takes also of the tree of what? Tree of life. And eat, what will happen? And live forever. So what is, remember what he did? He put a cherubim in front of the garden with a flaming sword so they weren't allowed to go in. They guarded it. They guarded the way of the tree of life. So some say that this tree of life was transplanted into the new heaven and new earth. It's possible, but we know that particular tree had some kind of element in its fruit that caused people to live forever. So possibly that's the same tree that's spoken of. Looking back at it, these fruit, they have 12 different fruits. I I believe this fruit's going to be something like we've never experienced ever before. I'm on a mango kick just recently again. It's and just yesterday, I was, as I was looking at this, and I, I had one. Do you ever have a mango that's really sweet? It's really good. So I had one of those yesterday, and, and I'm eating it. I'm thinking, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. These fruit, the, this, you know, that's going to be something that we've never experienced before. Guaranteed, you don't have to worry about food allergies or calories or gram, fat grams, if you worry about that, or gaining weight or anything like that. But what we see here also, we're going to eat the leaves. In the leaves, it says healing of the nations. And, and this baffles some people because I remember the first time teaching this, someone said, well, pastor, if there's healing, does that mean we're going to be sick in heaven? No. 
And I believe that if you look at that word, healing, it's, it's the, word, the Greek word is therapia. Therapia, it's where we get our English word therapy. So I don't believe we're going to be sick, but I believe it'll kind of help maintain good health, possibly. Um, some believe, which most likely, it'll, there's something in the leaves that'll, um, that'll keep us real healthy or real strong. Um, some believe that these leaves might be like power bars. Like if you're, you know, you eat one of them and you just like, just, maybe they have these spiritual vitamins that we need. But what's interesting, if you really look at the word, the root of that word, it means to serve or to minister to. So these leaves will s- somehow minister to us. What exactly that means, I don't know. Somebody asked me because the, the nations, that word is ethnos, so healing of the nations. Someone said, well, could that mean maybe the healing between the different ethnic groups? And I thought, I, I don't know if that really fits because I don't think there's going to be like racial tension in heaven. I don't think that's so, that doesn't seem right. So I believe it's more of this. It's more of like there's, gonna, there's something in the leaves that are very beneficial for us. So when we're in the new heaven, in this place, don't forget to eat the leaves. So you don't judge, not just the fruit. I want, sometimes I wonder, those that don't read the Bible, they go to heaven and they haven't read this part and they're watching us eat the leaves. You know, they're like, well, why are you eating those? It's like, Revelation 22, book of life, the water of life, the tree of, is your name in the book of life? If your name's not written in the book of life, you won't go to heaven. You might say, well, I, I thought that I can get to heaven by being a good person. No, the Bible says there's not one good. No, not one. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. You must be written in the book of life. And the only way you can be written in the book of life is when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You must repent of your sin. You must realize you're a sinner. You must receive him. And then he fills you with his Holy Spirit, the living waters, the water of life in your life. And the way that we do that is through a tree. Jesus Christ died upon a tree, a cross. He died for our sins. He bled on the cross, a tree. He died to take away all of our sin. And that tree brings life, not the tree itself, but because of what Christ did on the tree, on the cross. He died to take away all of our sins. So if you are here today and you do not know for sure when you die, if you're going to heaven, and let me challenge you with this. I'll ask you a question. Please, you don't need to say this out loud, but in your heart, answer this question. Do you know for sure when you die that you're going to go to heaven? And if you right now are thinking, well, I think I'm going to heaven or I hope I'm going to heaven, that's not the right answer. Because the Bible says you will know that you have eternal life. I know I have eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with the Lord. My name is written in the book, October 29th, 1995. Name's in the book. Never to be blotted out. Is your name in the book? Have you accepted Christ? Do you know that you're a sinner? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Your sin separates you from a holy God. That's the bad news. The good news That's what Jesus Christ died for, to take away that sin. All you need to do is admit that you're a sinner, turn from your sin, accept him as your savior, ask him to fill you with his holiness, his Holy Spirit, and he will give you eternal life and he will seal you with the Holy Spirit of promise for all eternity. Your life will be sealed. If you have not done that, 
Do it today. Don't wait another day. Today is the day of salvation. In John 3, 16, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him, they shall not perish, but will have everlasting, eternal life. Have you received him? Have you turned from your sins? I'm not talking about uh, religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Religion will not save you. God wants a relationship with you. It's only through his son. Do it today. Accept him today. Turn from your sin today. Today is the day of salvation. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.